ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. I think Pickett's quarterback rating 75 in the first three quarters. Is there something that's particularly not happening for him? What, what is his rating in the fourth quarter? 108. Well, just ask it from that perspective. He's awesome in the fourth quarter, man. He rises up in those moments. You make the decision to move him down to the side. That's irrelevant. What other things would you like to turn over then that you mentioned? Why would I mention them? You know? Um, well, you guys really, you guys are funny sometimes, man. There's a, there's a strategic advantage to, to holding your cards close to your vest, and I... I I generally like to exercise that. Mike Tomlin, coach of the 5-3 and three Steelers, a little salty on Tuesday as he met with reporters on a wide variety of topics. We'll delve into one of them more specifically later in the program. But, look, we've seen this from him from time to time. Combative, feisty giving him the business a little bit. Not quite the Bill Belichick approach. Just every once in a while, a manifestation probably of what he's thinking, Chris, and he may be thinking what you're thinking. I can somehow get this team to the playoffs. But once we get there, it's not going to be pretty, which may be the theme for the night. Uh, the night no, what, day, what, century, what millennium is it? 2023 Pittsburgh Steelers. No, I mean, first off, Mike Tomlin, you know, knowing him, being around him for, you know, a period of time, watching him all these years, the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, he doesn't he doesn't want to hear that crap anyways. He just doesn't want to hear it. You know, he's all about focus, get better. You know, oh, this isn't working, that isn't working. Well, let's let's work on getting it better. How are we gonna fix and remedy the situation? You know, so that that's where you know I appreciate Mike Tomlin is the no nonsense BS. He doesn't want to hear complaining from players or picket. You know, his his big thing is win the football game. We got things to worry about as far as it pertains to that, and that's where he's awesome. But yeah, I mean, 
are they going to be able to make a playoff run with the current status of their offense like you're talking about? Absolutely not. They're not. It's going to be too tough. They might get there, but to win a game or multiple games, I got to see that to believe it in the playoffs. And look, could they keep it ugly, keep it close, could somehow, some way to get one game? Yeah, it It's – Yeah, This is a sure. far cry from yeah. like the 2005 Steelers – that just barely got into the playoffs by the skin of their teeth. They were playing better once they woke up. I remember that year they lost to the Bengals in Cincinnati or possibly in Pittsburgh. Whatever it was, it was a changing of the guard moment. The Bengals were taking over. Everyone was surprised. The yeah, Steelers were left for dead. Right. There was a game Yeah, there was a game where they beat the Bears and it was snowing and that was the spark and they improved. And by the time they got in, they were ready to make their run. They were a different team than the team that had lost all the games earlier than the year. This is just different. This is who they are. They're, unless they somehow dramatically improve, the offense dramatically improves. Kenny Pickett dramatically improves in whatever quarter we're talking about. They get more out of the run game. Unless the offense finds a higher level of performance, that keep it close and and win ugly isn't going to get you from the wild card round to the divisional round to the conference championship round to the Super Bowl. No, that, that's right. That, that, that's, that's what we're talking about. And that's where, like, I love the Steelers, right? Have the ultimate respect. I picked them to go to the playoffs before the year. I'd love to be right and all of that. But at the same time, as you've heard me say before, I'm skeptical about wanting them in the playoffs because I'm not sure it's going to lead to the most exciting playoff format. And that's what I always root for. I root for the teams that I think are going to make it the best and the best, you know, the best seven teams get in. And, you know, I know sometimes the record might say, oh, this team's better. But in actuality, I'm like, okay, their record's better. They got a little lucky ball bounced this way, that way, a few injuries. They played a team that had a bunch of injuries and now they're in the playoffs. And now we're watching a 37 to four, a 37 to three football game in the wild card round. And that's what I'm, I'm a little worried about with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, and uh, that may be exactly where things are heading as we continue through the 2023 season. Meanwhile, I'm flying blind today, I've and I don't just have no return. I've got this weird hypnotic pattern that that maybe it's sending me subliminal messages. I don't know, but I can't see anything that's happening, and I've got a Zoom link that I'm trying to get installed on the fly, and that's not working. Well, what either. do you need so to see? Just you just got to hear me. It's gonna... better. It's better this way than doing do Zoom. We don't well, need to do Zoom. I mean, geez, that's the worst. No, don't. no, not, no. Not that we're doing Zoom, that it'll be the show on Zoom. Oh, it's I got Zoom you. so I can see the show. But it's still not working, especially as I try to do it while we're talking. My technological skills are limited even when I'm not in the process of trying to speak coherently or at least semi-coherently. <laughs> so that's not working for now. I just have to power through this as this weird alien message is coming through telling me to do something. It's trying to control my mind, and, and God only knows what it's trying to get me to do. So I'll try to ignore those, those messages from some planet in the galaxy far, far away as we press through the program. Anything else to cover life-wise as we get into the show today you weren't with us yesterday and 
I missed you yesterday, but I'm glad to have you Wednesday. Hey, I'll take you any day of the week I can get you. Nothing against the other co-hosts. I'd prefer five for five, frankly. I'll take three. I don't care which three. As long as one of them's Monday, I don't care which three. Well, we're we're buddies, so I know yeah, yeah, you're not of course you're not being mean to anybody else. And I, I know I, I had to switch it around. I nothing new to life. It is a little bit of a game changer. For the fact that I could sleep in on Tuesday morning, I'll tell you that much. I, I do think this new schedule might benefit my immune system and my overall health, right? Because, you know, as we've talked about before, like the way the, 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 the schedule was, doing my podcast on a Sunday night, getting home at, you know, 1230, 1240 at night, not really winding down and going to sleep till probably past 2 a.m. after I shower and then my brain finally shuts off. So three and a half hours that night, followed by Monday night football, right? And then getting up early again, it was wearing me out. So the fact that I, I could sleep in on a Tuesday uh, was, was big. It really was. And I definitely feel like a different human being on this Wednesday as, uh, as compared to most Wednesdays when um, I'm in a you know, a cloud or a fog because I'm so exhausted. And that's the thing, even though we're not complaining about our lives because we don't work for a living, but there is a physical toll, especially when you're doing all day Sunday, focused on the games, trying to process things that are happening in games from one to four o'clock, trying to pay attention to games after that. When we have all sorts of other things going on, get ready to do the live football night in America show. Then you do your podcast after it. Then you've got Monday where you do the show, and then you've got Monday night football. And for me, I throw travel on top of it. I don't do the late night podcast. We do about a half hour in the main studio talking about the day that was. But by Tuesday morning, like I don't realize how tired I am Monday night. And I realize it when I try to wake up on Tuesday morning. And it's like, right. my God, did I only sleep two hours? Even if I get six, seven hours of sleep, and it's usually six on Monday night after the game and by the time we get up for PFT Live. But So I, I hear where you're coming from. It can just be exhausting because it's lather, rinse, repeat, lather, rinse, repeat, over and over and over, 18 weeks of the regular season. We're halfway home, which is just amazing. But the routine can be exhausting because – there's never much of a break. And I assume when you get a break, you got to go run around and do something with your kids. So you never get a break during football season or very rarely get a chance to just kind of relax and exist. There's definitely a, a lot of that in my life right now. I, I try not to worry about that or complain about it because my kids are getting so old. I know it's, you know, the time is the, the, the clock is ticking as far as how much longer this part of life is going to go on. I'm trying to enjoy it. But yeah, in my spare time, I mean, you know me, Mike. I'm, I'm, of course, my podcasts are very influenced by my film watching and my notes and all of that. So I'm trying to do that in my spare time and, you know, get eyes on all the important things and teams and people on the lead, in the league. But yeah, like a night like last night, it's like, okay, I get done with that. We drive my kid to football practice. We got to pick him up from football practice. He comes home for a few minutes. Now it's basketball starting. He's going to go to basketball right after that. So you go to basketball practice. I come home, eat some food. The wife goes and picks him up from basketball practice. That's the life we're living. But I'm not complaining. It does wear me out a little bit. But as far as the dad part is, it's, uh, it's uh, still great. And I'm trying to kind of relish it and keep it all together there. 
It does go quickly, as we've experienced just since 2017 when you started doing this. Your kids were like little, little, and now they're like not little. They're not little anymore. Not they're, anymore. They're, they're grown and they're teenagers, and you've got plenty of plenty of issues that go along with that. By the way, I, I can't enjoy, since I can't see return, I can't enjoy my Well, I was about to, to go there. Salute to service. Yes. This thing is awesome. I'm going to be like that kid that gets – like like uh, something like a costume and never take it off. Yeah. Like I'm going to wear it to sleep. I'm going to wear it every day. It's going to stink. Well, I already stink, so it doesn't matter. But I love this thing. It is so comfortable. It looks like leather. I love it this year. Yes. Great job, whoever designed right. this. I know it's, it's hard to come up with a new yeah. one every single year. This one is awesome. This is the best one they've ever done. I'm all about salute the service and, you know, our, our armed forces and all of them totally support them. That sweatshirt's as ugly as it gets. It doesn't get any uglier, just so you know. Oh, I love it. No, I love it. No, I It love is it. horrible and, looking. And look. And I see it on the sidelines right now. And I've had multiple people it. in the last two weeks go, why are they wearing that? What the hell is that color? What are they doing there? So I don't know. That one it's this awesome. year is not my favorite. They, All right. <laughs> no, it's awesome. It's awesome. I mean, they do it every year. It's usually like green based. There was one year where I, know. It was like I like a those very better. I think light. Yeah. A very light camel color that I didn't like. But but th this one, I love this one. I, I love it. So get used to it because you're going to see it on me. Every day okay. down to the end of football <laughs> okay. season, quite possibly, until they tell me to take it off and wear something else. So uh, anyway, I've got like three of them now. I've got th and they're all they're all Vikings. Maybe I should get it. Should I get a different team at some point? Should I get Steelers at some point? Well, you should might as well. I mean, come fan? on. You got to have your other team. You know, you got to sport that every now and I then. would get in this like this. I would get all 32 of them. I would. I think it's awesome. Um, but it would be a little ridiculous if I wore it every single day, but it would only be one of various things about me that people would say is ridiculous. Here's something Robert Sala would call ridiculous, although many would not. The Jets head coach one day after another pathetic display by the team's offense addressing the question with reporters of whether or not he is considering a change at quarterback. Here's what Sala had to say. No, because it, it'd be one thing if it was just him, right? I, it, it is the easy thing to do. He's the most, uh, him and the play caller are the two most visible things. So when things aren't good, it's easy to blame them, right? Um, it's, uh, it's easy to blame the people who are most visible to the camera. Uh, but it's important to keep the main thing the main thing, watch the tape, uh, look at the breakdowns, whether it was on the offensive line, at an execution standpoint, play call standpoint, um, you know, there's there's a bunch of different reasons, and obviously they also get paid, so uh, they did a lot of really good things too. But um, uh, if it was just him, it would be something to be that that would be worth discussing. But this is a collective issue uh, that we all need to get on uh, get on the same page with. It's lazy to just put it all on him. You know, I think, like I said, it was a very it was collective all the way across the board. And that's fine. I don't disagree with that. Now, there were moments where Zach Wilson maybe could have accelerated the clock in his head, gotten rid of the ball before someone's hand got on it and knocked it away, forcing a fumble or preventing a pass from being completed. But, Chris, here's something I said yesterday when Miles Simmons and I were talking about this. There's all this discussion about when Aaron Rodgers might come back. Why would he come back and play behind that line? That's right. Why would you put yourself through full recovery from an Achilles tendon tear, 
regardless of whether it was a complete tear or partial tear or whatever, he's coming back from a serious injury. And you're putting yourself out there behind the same line that had you running for your life three of the first four snaps before you suffered the injury anyway, week one against the Bills. He'll be 40 on December 2nd. Why? With that quality of protection, and I'm sorry, but it is what it is. And if it is collective, if it isn't just Zach Wilson, then it is an indictment of the entire operation, including the line. Why in the world, if you're Aaron Rodgers, do you even want to go out there? What's the risk? What's the reward? And a lot of it, and again, this is a point that we made yesterday, but you didn't have a chance to chime in on it, so I'm going to make it again. I think a lot of it comes down to what happened Sunday night. And I'm not just saying that to sell the veal. Sunday night, Jets at Raiders. The Jets lose that game, and then they got the Bills and Dolphins coming up. If they fall to 4-7 and seven, yeah, as no of that way. Black Friday no, game that no ends way. their November run, right. there's no point for Aaron Rodgers to play. No. There's no point. So if they lose Sunday night, I think we just forget about all this. Unless they somehow win one of the next two or both of the next two after that, we just forget about this whole Aaron Rodgers thing because you, there's no reason to go out there. And even if they're competitive, if they somehow win two of the next three, why do you want to go out there behind that line and get yourself injured again and spend your offseason rehabbing another injury? No, I think that that is the question. Relevancy and where they are as a football team as we continue to go through the season I think is going to be a big thing that's going to dictate whether Rodgers comes back or not. I mean, you're saying it, right? If they're 4-7 and seven, – you know, or starting to, you know, slowly eke their way out of the playoff picture. There's no way Roger and Rogers isn't going to come back for meaningless footballs at the end of the at football games at the end of the year. For, for what reason? It's not going to do him any good. It's really not going to do the Jets any good if he gets re-injured, anything like that. I mean, I think even if it's like, wait, the team's not playing well, right? And okay, they're kind of hanging around a little bit, but still not in the playoff, like not in the top seven. I don't even know if that'll warrant him coming back. I look at it almost like, hey, you know, they're, they win the last two, they're in. Maybe that's when you see him come back or something like that. They win two out of the last three, right? But I think your point's real. I think you, we heard Troy Aikman say that on, on, on Monday night. I hear a lot of people say it who watch the Jets on film or have a good feel for what they are. They look at it and go, I don't care who you put at quarterback. You know, it's not going to look that much better. All right. I know it'll look better with Rodgers compared to Zach Wilson, but I don't think it's going to be like, oh, you know, they're, they're actually, they're seven and one or six and two because they had Rodgers. Absolutely not. Maybe they're five and three. Maybe they won that Patriots football game that they, you know, could have won early in the year. Maybe that, but I don't think it would have been a big drastic difference. And I think they still would have been struggling on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. And that, that's the bottom line. And reality kind of sets in for the Jets after losing that game on Monday night. It sets in for me because I'm always rooting for a good story. And the Jets maintaining relevance without Aaron Rodgers is a hell of a story because it lays the foundation for the even better story of Rodgers riding in on the white horse to save the day at some point in the month of December. We had dropped that little item on the way out on Monday that there was a thought in the building he's going to want to practice in a couple of weeks. That was as of this past weekend. And then we get to the exchange that we saw 
after the game on Monday night, when he goes out to the middle of the field, Chargers safety Derwin James says, when are you coming back? And he says, give me a few weeks. There it is right there. Give me a few weeks is what he says. And I knew where this was going. And and again, and you know, hey, Aaron Rodgers wearing the awesome salute to service hoodie. How can I say something bad about Aaron Rodgers when he's wearing that awesome hoodie? But I'm not saying something bad. I'm just saying something realistic. And I've changed my thinking on Aaron Rodgers in some ways. But I still think he's got that impish quality of light the fuse and complain when the bomb goes off. He likes to light the fuse, but then when the fuse hits the bomb and it explodes, what? I No, 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 no. You're all making a big deal out of nothing. It's like, no, you lit the fuse and you ran away. And the fuse did what fuses do. And the bomb went off as bombs do. Don't complain now because you lit the fuse, buddy. So here he is. And I I saw this coming. I mentioned it when I wrote about it yesterday. He's going to go on McAfee, and he's going to complain, or he's going to explain, and it's not going to be what he said. It's going to be something else. So here he is from yesterday with Pat McAfee and company talking about his remark caught on a hot mic. And hot mics are everywhere when you're on a football field, and he's been around long enough to know that. Can't act surprised about it now. Here he is explaining his give me a few weeks comment. I didn't realize that was uh, going to get caught there. I mean, obviously that was said with a little tongue in cheek there. Um, it'd be nice to be able to be back in a couple weeks. That's probably uh, uh, not anywhere near a realistic timeline, but uh, a couple is, you know, could be, uh, could be a few, could be a lot. It was uh, it's more of a, uh, you know, a phrase that didn't have a specific uh timetable but uh yeah i said it smiling joking you know he was talking about how you know he's excited for me to get back on the field at some point i joked that it'd be a few weeks but uh, obviously it's gonna be more than a couple weeks a few fortnights it'll be a few fortnights well four score and seven years ago our founding <laughs> fathers asked what the hell is a fortnight fortnight means two weeks so a few fortnights means four or six weeks and by then, by then, it's probably over. By then, it's too late for him to make a difference. Even if he could make a difference right now, and I'm not sure he could. And I'm not sure it would be good for his long-term health, at least long-term as it relates to 2024 offseason, not having to hobble around on another torn Achilles or a torn ACL or some other injury. But if it's a few fortnights, it may as well be September of 2024. And let's just end this talk. And and he suggested at one point recently, Chris, I think this was last week, just the idea that having that goal is what gets him through the pain and the just drudgery of the rehab process. I hear that. You have an, you have an right. immediate goal, not some vague goal from months from now, but... I'm working towards something. I need to be working towards something. Even that, even if that something isn't going to be there, it's what I'm using psychologically to keep me on the path and do all this stuff. And maybe that's what it was at the end of the day. A combination of it gets him through and, and what a shock. A little more, hey, everybody, look at me. What the hell are you looking at? that we see from plenty of athletes and other celebrities. They want the attention on their own terms. They want everybody to turn and look, and then they want to say, look away. This isn't any of your business. It's not just him. There's plenty of people like that. Yeah, you know, I, I, I think, you know, my feeling is similar to yours, 
uh, a little bit talk it into an existence a little bit, a little bit of a guy that, you know, I think has great pride in what he is as a physical specimen and, you know, is the kind of guy that wants to push himself always to be like, look what I can do. I'm, I'm more gifted than the rest of you here, even in healing powers, right? I think if that's in him, that's what's made him so great, right? A little bit of, you know, braggadocia, too, to go on top of that. That is also a part of that and showmanship. And I think that all leads to... Yeah, maybe putting out there some unrealistic timelines to become successful. But yeah, when it came time to kind of put your money where your mouth was and start to actually wait a few weeks, we're talking like, you know, a few weeks. When you say that, it's usually two to four weeks. We're talking in a few weeks. Are we talking about that? That's where he's got to go, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't know about that. And so now he's got to kind of put it back into reality a little bit. And I think as he was kind of stammering and trying to figure out a way how to get out of that on the McAfee show yesterday, yeah, he let us know that it, it, it's not around the corner here. You know, I, and I don't know when that will be anyways. I mean, what are we, maybe late December. I still think I find that really hard to believe regardless of the situation. But this is what makes Aaron Rodgers Aaron Rodgers. And, yeah, now he's kind of got to walk it back a little bit and put his money where his mouth is. And he realized that a few weeks isn't, isn't quite there. That ain't happening. And I feel like on Monday night, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman were trying to act like they knew something from talking to him, but I never got a clear, unless I missed it, and it's entirely possible I did. I don't remember a clear explanation from them as to anything he said. At some point, they said December. Well, you know what? There's five games in December for the Jets. There's a huge difference between the first game in December and the last game in December as it relates to where the Jets are going to be at that point. So December is very, very broad. And if he's going to come back at all before the postseason, chances are it is going to be December because there's only one regular season game after December. So, yeah, December. December. Okay, December. When? December 3rd, one day after his 40th birthday, when they host the Falcons? Or week 18, when they go to New England for what very well may be Bill Belichick's final game ever as coach of the Patriots? So, you know, look – I don't know what they can do at this point other than just hope the defense keeps playing at a very high level and somehow manages to continue to ignore how bad the offense is. That's the one thing that really impressed me Monday night in those final few drives by the Chargers. Yeah. The Jets defense was still bringing it like they had a chance to win. No doubt. Like they actually believed there was a chance the offense was going to find while, you know, groping through the dark. Yeah. Find a a light switch and score a touchdown and make it interesting at the end. And it made me believe like, do they know something? I don't, they're acting like they can still win this game. Look at them swarming to the ball and they're excited afterward. Do they not realize that the offensive side of production just isn't there tonight? And uh, they still, they still kept going. They still kept going. I guess that's a testament to just the cohesiveness of the team. Yeah. The head coach. They're not, they're not, beaten down by the fact that the offense currently blows they're not they're not affected by that they still go out and do their job no the 100 percent. they're they're one of the best defenses in football right i mean they're the typical thing mike we talk about this a lot they're the number ninth ranked defense in football we all know they're better than that they're they're a top five defense in football the problem is their offense stinks and like we saw in this game here as the game went on late they just wear down they're on the field constantly every four plays they're back out there 
So, you know, the dam is going to break occasionally. You can't rush the passer at 100% capacity when you're like, wow, this is like the 70th pass rush of the night, and I don't have much break in between when I do it. In fact, I barely get to recharge or catch my breath, and we're back out there. So they're phenomenal that way. You're right. And that's why I think they got to continue to stay the course. Mike, one of the reasons I will – I'll say this too. I think one of the reasons that I didn't hit on this a minute ago – that Rodgers maybe says this is to keep the team fighting a little bit. I think it keeps the team with a, like a positive, like, well, he might come back and save us at the end. So I think it kind of rallies the, the locker room that way. And then of course the defense and their talent and the pride they have, Hey, they've seen the offense be crappy. I mean, they saw it the two weeks before really. And, and they still won the football game late in the Giants game, the Eagles game. It wasn't easy. Oh, wait, Zach Wilson makes a few throws. Holy cow, we might win this thing, right? So that's why they keep fighting, and they are special that way. Um, but, yeah, I, think, I, I also think that might be part of the reason Roger says what he says a little bit, just to keep the vibes and the spirit of the Jets football team on the up and up. So tell me this, Dr. Sims. Yeah. Based upon your film study, right. what is your diagnosis as it relates to the current problems with the New York Jets' crappy offense? Well, the, the, like the, I, I, we didn't get to hit on this because we, we kind of started hitting on Rodgers, right? But like uh, the, the thing I would first off is go, a quarterback change to Trevor Simeon or Tim Boyle is not going to fix the issue. I mean, not at all. Absolutely not. And you've won some games with Zach Wilson, and he's taken care of the football, Right. And and at least not hurt them for the most part in some of these games. You know, even the other night, didn't throw an interception. Yeah, he got strip sacked twice. But I mean, we were all watching the game. I mean, the pocket was collapsing in a hurry. Their offensive line stinks, right? Then you add on top of that that they only have one receiver that really separates or scares you, and you know, guys like Alan Lazard and and the rest of the group. They're certainly not winning one-on-one matchups on a consistent basis. The run game is spotty. We know that, too. I mean, yeah, you give Brees Hall a crease, watch out, but the creases are few and far between in their offense. And then, of course, I don't think the offense can be maybe as complicated or as creative as it ultimately can be because it's Zach Wilson still learning a new system and this is not the system the Jets wanted to run and they were dependent on Aaron Rodgers doing things at the line of scrimmage and people being able to digest that so I think when you couple all that together you know those are their issues and I don't think a quarterback change you know to those two guys especially is going to make anything different or better I think it actually will only make it more dysfunctional and worse really how much of the blame goes to the offensive coordinator for not properly adjusting the offense to Zach Wilson instead of making Zach Wilson adjust to the offense and waiting and waiting and waiting for him to get to the point where he has his eureka moment and he understands it? How much do we put on Hackett when you know I think about what happened on Sunday in Minnesota where Kevin O'Connell finds a way yeah. to make it work with right. Josh Dobbs who just showed up. At what point is Hackett responsible for not changing everything and saying, okay, I know they brought me here to run the offense that we know works with Aaron Rodgers. We got to make something work with Zach Wilson. We got to tear things up. We got to draw up plays. We got to come up with different concepts. I got to talk to him. I got to watch his film from BYU. I got to do something to come up with an offense 
that fits this guy instead of waiting around for one, two, three months to go by and he suddenly fits this offense. Yeah, well, uh, you know, uh, one, Nathaniel Hackett, uh, listen, Kevin O'Connell's special in my opinion. And, you know, he's got an O-line that can really pass, protect. And I would still say, even without Justin Jefferson, they have better weapons than the New York Jets do at receiver. Uh, yes, with Jordan Addison and Powell and Hawkinson, I still would take them over what the Jets have. So, you know, that's the thing. I do think Nathaniel Hackett has has changed things on offense. He's tried to formulate around Zach Wilson. It's just hard to see the results because they can't run the ball consistently. And even like we've I've showed clips on my Chris Sims Unbuttoned podcast where they keep extra people in the block and they still can't block and do it and get it done. So it goes beyond Hackett's ability to manage the game here because there's too many issues with the offensive talent, with the O-line being banged up and not being at its fullest. And then you couple that with, wait, like we said, there's only one guy out there that really scares you. And this is where it stinks to go all in on Rodgers because they got Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb, not because they're scary, but because they'll be able to digest all the checks and be in the right spot for Rodgers when he checks to the right play. And so that's not helping Zach Wilson or the offense in this situation. Hackett's offense has all the answers. Is it Shanahan? You know, is it Mike McDaniel? Is it O'Connell? No. But there's everything there to be had. There is. It's just the that, you know, with the Rodgers thing and the talent around it in the situation, you know, I think that all is, is adding to this kind of horrible look they got on the offensive side of the ball right now. Do you think they would have hired Hackett if they didn't believe they were getting Aaron Rodgers? I don't think they. I, I don't know if they would have. No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. No, that's, that's a tough one there. You know, I, I think Hackett was worthy of being an offensive coordinator for sure. But do I know? Eh, you know, no. I always kind of felt like that move was made to get Aaron Rodgers to come to town and change change the football team. And I don't say that as an indictment on on Nathaniel Hackett. But, yeah, in my heart of hearts, I think that move was made to, you know, persuade Rodgers for sure. And you mentioned Alan Lazard. That was part of the plan as well. Part yes. Of the Rodgers is going to be here. Let's make sure he's got friends and former teammates from Green Bay. Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard. I'm surprised they didn't bring in Mercedes Lewis, quite frankly. Well, so, yeah. Well, right. Uh, and, Mike, yeah. I mean, to and that point Robert there. Robert Tunyon. Bobby. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, they got, you know, Bobby Turner or uh, 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 Turner, one of the offensive linemen he had there in Green Bay with him for a, a little Billy. while. Yeah. Sorry. Billy Turner. Very Billy good. Baru. Uh, uh, you know, and then Lazard. Listen, Do you know I, what Billy Baru is? I, I know what Billy Baru is. No. I just got to stop everything and ask you if you know what Billy Baru is. I All know right, that name. Mind. What is it? What is Billy Baru? Go ahead now. You can't stop me. Bill, Billy, Billy Baru. Billy Baru is the name of Judge Smale's putter from Caddyshack. Oh, yeah. I would have never come up with that. I don't now, know why. I don't know saying, why I remember that. I don't that, know why you're either. either but... Oh, Billy, 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 Billy. Oh, okay. oh Billy, Billy, you, Billy. That's you, what he you, says you. after yeah, he makes yeah, Right, right. <laughs> but wait. Right. So back to Lazard, though, right? Because you bring up something there that, uh, that yes, that, that's part of this problem, too. Lazard's a good player. There's no doubt, right? Solid. I like Lazard. I like a lot of things he does. But he's a number three or a number four for most teams in football, okay? Now, he is right now the number two for the Jets, and we're seeing, and you kind of heard Troy Aikman allude to it on Monday night, and there ain't a lot of production there. 
separation, and then you're adding in drop problems to the, the equation as well. But this Alan Lazard was the number three last year on the Packers with two rookie receivers, right? So, yes, for most normal receiving cores, he would definitely be a three. Of the top-notch ones or the, or the better receiving cores in football, he would be a four. And they're having to use him as the number two, and that, of course, is part of the problem here. And, yeah, they're limited as far as the weapons and things that scare you on the offensive side of the ball, and then you couple that with a crappy O-line. It's hard. I don't care who's the offensive coordinator or quarterback. It's going to be hard to make that group and, and formula look look the right way. And, you know, well, the Jets have issues. The Jets have a huge game on Sunday night because if they lose that one, I think it takes most of the air out of the balloon. There isn't oh, a whole lot of air left in the balloon after Monday right. night. There won't be much air remaining. It's going to be like, you know, it's just like that. It's just that tiny little puff that just, it's just going to be kind of like, you know, when the balloon, when it's just kind of the, it just kind of, that's what's going to be there after Sunday night. Oh, and by the way, they're one week away from their very early season ticket renewal deadline. Very, very early, November 15. So would kind of be nice to get a win in Las Vegas over the Raiders before people have to commit their thousands of dollars to renewing their season tickets for 2024 with no clear guarantee that Aaron Rodgers will be back next year. We think it's moving in that direction. He's never said clearly yes. He's never said maybe no. If I had to guess, I'd say yes. But I don't necessarily want to bet a couple of grand of my take-home pay on Rodgers coming back when the alternative is what? It can't be Zach Wilson. And that's the other thing, too, Chris, no. before we move on. Right. Yeah. I think the one conclusion we can come to about the Jets at this yeah. point and that that arc that they were kind of planning where Aaron Rodgers would play for a couple of years and then hand the baton to Zach Wilson and he would be able to – take all the right. wisdom imparted to him by Aaron Rodgers, all the maturity, all the skill sets, and just go out and be an effective NFL starting quarterback. As much as I like Zach Wilson, yeah, it's and not I, helping us go cause. guys right. to perform well. He's not – it's I, It's like if I'm a Jets fan, I don't want Zach Wilson after Aaron Rodgers is done, not based upon what we've seen 21, 22, and now in 23. And, you know, I don't know what's fair in today's NFL – I don't know how many games, how many seasons before it's fair or unfair to say it's just not there. But based on what we saw Monday night, yeah, it's not a whole lot different than what we saw on that Thursday night against the Jaguars last year that had them ready to get rid of him completely. Completely. By Sunday, Jay Glazer said they're done with him. And Jay Glazer doesn't make stuff up. Somebody in that organization was done with him right. after that Thursday night game. But at some point after that, they decided their best play was to keep him around. Yeah. No, I mean, listen, on the, the, the current course we're on, he's certainly not helping his case there. And, and I would understand the Jets fans not being like, oh, yeah, I'm excited to hand the baton off to Zach Wilson. I get that. And, yeah, there's things about his game, you know, whether it's recognizing situations, there's still too many throws where you just go, wait, that, that's, you're too good not to complete that. Right, man, you look good doing it. You threw it hard. It was a great spiral, but it was four feet off target. Right? There's just too much of that. And then, yeah, there's an occasional 
bad decision to go on top of that or just holding the ball too long and going, wait, you went to one and two, right? You know it's a type of night where the pocket's collapsing in a hurry. You're a great athlete. Look at one and two and get out. Don't go one to two. Oh, I have the greatest offensive line ever. Let me pat here. Oh, number three, is he going to be open? Oh, number four, going to be open, right? So I think there's a natural feel that is certainly fair to question. I hear you there, and totally. And uh, it's been a tough situation for him, but he has not helped himself. And then he hasn't done, like we've talked about in the past, some of the, the easy things are very hard to him. And that's what's confusing. And he does the hard things at a pretty easy level, actually. It makes wild throws, but like the five-yard out routes, like, well, I don't know, it's 50-50, it's a flip of the coin, and it's hard to win in football when you can't hit those type of throws consistently. Well, in contrast to the New York Jets, who went all in with Zach Wilson, and it wasn't a reach, it wasn't a stretch. He was the consensus number two pick in 2021, and really so far only Trevor Lawrence from the 2021 draft has panned out. No for Zach Wilson, no for Trey Lance, no for Justin Fields, no grand scheme of things for Mac Jones, even though he did make it to the Pro Bowl as the, what, 25th alternate in 2021. Around any corner... Within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. The Titans apparently have gotten themselves a lottery ticket that they've scratched off and they like what they see, even though the quarterback in question fell all the way out of round one. Here is Titans coach Mike Vrabel meeting with reporters yesterday and explaining the decision to make rookie Will Levis the team's starting quarterback moving forward. Here's Vrabel. So let me just kind of clear up some things here going forward. Um, you know, Will's going to be our quarterback you know we're gonna we're gonna go with Will. We think that's the best opportunity for our football team right now, and um, you know see where he's at. I think Ryan um, will progress through here this week. I, I think and and hopeful uh, you know to be a backup for us and prepare as a starter. But that's where we're at right now. There's clearly something there. You know we want to be able to continue to to, to work with them and, and progress and develop and win, and, and that's how you get better. You, know, you only you only get better by going out there and playing. 
especially, uh, you know, at that position. Hey, that's how you do it. It's not temporary. It's not, well, you know, when Ryan Tannehill's 100%, he's going to play again, and he's just never 100%. It's decisive. It's clear. It sends a message to everyone. There's one potential recipient out there that won't be happy about it in Ryan Tannehill, but Levis is the guy. He's the present, and more importantly, he's the future. And it was already clear Ryan Tannehill had no future with the Tennessee Titans. So unless Levis gets injured and they decide to put Tannehill back out there instead of Malik Willis, I got the impression from Vrabel's comments that Tannehill will be number two, but he never said that. Never said that. So it, it, may, it may go Levis, Willis, Tannehill. It's quite possible that our final memory of Ryan Tannehill as a Tennessee Titan Will, he, will be him standing on his injured ankle waiting for the cart at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in London to come all the way around because the x-ray room was on the other side of the stadium. That may be the last we ever see of Ryan Tannehill wearing that, that Titans uniform. Yes, yeah, that's what I would expect. You know, Ryan Tannehill will go somewhere next year and be a really awesome backup or maybe a – bridge quarterback for another team that's drafting a quarterback. I kind of see that, you know, future for Ryan Tannehill. This is totally the right decision, and completely. Will Levis has showed in the two games that he's worth taking a shot on here to let him see how he finishes the year, and let's see if we got our guy for the future, right? I mean, he certainly has showed with his physical talents. I mean, that throw right there, are you kidding me? I mean, he's a Greek god standing there in the pocket, you know, he doesn't blink or flinch under pressure. He's showing more accuracy in varieties of throws that I ever saw in college. So he's improved that area. The sliding in the pocket, the eyes down the field with people about to hit him. He's a good athlete, right? I mean, he's really got everything you want as far as a starting quarterback. And to add on top of that, the Titans aren't going anywhere. They're 3-5. and five. Right, they're not going to the Super Bowl this year. This is the right move, and you know you you not you you do this one to see what you got, but two to build for 2024. The Titans are, as it stands right now, the team with the most salary cap room for the 2024 offseason. So they're going to have a chance to flip their team around, get him some weapons in free agency, go all in on that. And how much better will they be in 2024 if you let them play these last eight or nine games and just continue that to where he grows and can become better and more consistent to where you hit the ground running last year. So I like the move by the Titans and Bravo for sure. Treat the rest of this season as an extended preseason for 2024. Every rep he gets, every game he plays, every throw he makes, every mistake that he makes will help him next year. You've got that bank of experience that makes the game slow down. They say the game slows down. You get a guy to the point where he's no longer freaked out. He's no longer feeling like he's in over his head, and he's starting to feel like he can assert himself over his surroundings. It's kind of like when, when you know, Neo in the original Matrix movie, the only one that was any good, realizes his powers and takes control of everything. That's uh, what you want to get him to. You want yeah, to get him all right, to that point right. where he can do whatever he needs to do, and he's the one setting the agenda for everyone else, not the other way around. The only way you get there is to play. 
That's right. That's that's the only way you did. That's why you know. I think we're both big, you know, proponents, fans, whatever of rookie quarterbacks playing, get the experience. You know, yeah, bad things are going to happen, but nothing makes you learn or correct yourself more than when bad things happen. Right. I mean, I still I'm sitting here at 43. I remember the bad things that happened, the good things. I'm like, oh, yeah, that was pretty good. But I'm still like, damn, why did I do that? I could have been better at that. Uh, So those are the best learning moments for a young quarterback. And Will Levis has got off to a good start. It hasn't been perfect. And let's see where it goes from here. And then, yeah, added on top of that, you know, all the things you said are true. And you get start to get a feel for also what he's good at, what kind of plays he's good at, what you might be able to add on to the offense. And you can unleash all that in 2024. You know, so I, I, I think you're right. You set this up as, hey, we play. We're going to continue our cult, b- to build our culture. We're going to be tough and all that. But we're going to get our young rookie quarterback snaps, and it's all about 2024 and trying to make him the best for, for next year's showing. And 3-5 and five doesn't mean they're No, finished. they're not out of it. 3-5. and five. Right. But the problem is in the AFC right now, there's only one team worse than three and five, the Patriots at two and seven. Right. And the Titans, the good news for the Titans is through the first half of the season, they've only played one game in the division. They've got five divisional games left. They do have an opportunity to kind of get on a roll here and think of how differently we would believe the Titans chances were if they could have scored that late touchdown Thursday night when... They were driving. They had two chances. The Steelers did that that kind of let's just get off the field and trust our defense three and out. Yep. And then the Titans drove down and the interception by Quan Alexander ended it. But if they had won that game and moved to four and four and beaten the Steelers at their own ugliness, you know, that just right. keep it close and find a way to win. If they had done that in Pittsburgh in prime time, we'd feel very differently. So I think the Titans feel differently about Will Levis based on what they've seen in two games between the Sunday against the Falcons and the Thursday night against the Steelers. And now we just go forward. And anything that happens positive this year is great. Yeah, that's right. This is about next year. But it's still not impossible. It's still not impossible that they can turn into a fringe contender this year. There's a lot of teams they have to vie with. But if you just win and win and win and win – we're going to get to the middle of December, toward Christmas, and we're going to look at the standings and say they're very much alive as we get into the final two or three weeks. Yeah. I, I, well, I, you know, you, you make the move. You're hopeful that that happens, that you are alive there, you know, and if you get in the playoffs, so be it. But I think the bottom line is and why you make the move is they look at it and go, we're not going to the Super Bowl this year. That's what we're pretty sure of, and it will be kind of a miracle if we get in the playoffs, we're going to have to go on some unforeseen run that people, you know, wouldn't expect. And I don't expect it certainly either. And, you know, to your point too, with the way the AFC is starting to look here, you know, not winning the Super Bowl. Yeah. They're not in the class of some of the top teams in the AFC. That's for sure. We know that. And, you know, I'm not even sure they're in the class of some of the bottom teams in the AFC playoff picture right now either. It's a it's stacked division, so I think they're doing the right thing here all the way. Will Levis has been great. Grow him and see if you can solidify him as the, the man of the future for your organization. They got this mini-buy. They're at Tampa Bay this weekend. Then they're at Jacksonville, their first meeting of the season with one of the teams at the top of the conference. Opportunity. Opportunity for the Titans to 
maybe knock the Jaguars a little wobbly and get some attention. Then they have Carolina. They got the Colts. They're at the Dolphins on a Monday night, December 11. That could be interesting if the Titans win a few games between now and then. They've got the Texans, the Seahawks on the day before Christmas at home. They're at Houston again, and they've got the Jaguars. So they play the Texans twice and the Jaguars twice down the stretch. They have a chance to stir things up. Yeah, they do. I'm not saying they will. No, I hear you. They do have a chance to stir things up. Yep. So Vrabel wisely stirring things up by going with Levis. We know what Tannehill can do. We know that that sun is setting on Tannehill as our quarterback, and now it's rising on Will Levis, as we thought it would when they drafted him. But we kind of got a little, hmm, with Malik Willis because Willis held him off. Willis impressed the Titans in the offseason program and in right. training camp. And as the season started, it looked like this is it for Tannehill, and next year there's going to be a competition between Willis and Levis. Nope. They now know it's Levis. That's the one thing that is clear from the game against the Falcons and the game against the Steelers. Levis is the guy, and that's the best news for the Titans. Like, the, the wrench that got thrown into their plans when Willis ended up being better than they expected – in the offseason program and in training camp, that's gone now. Levis is their guy. They were right. They were validated. They were vindicated. And as somebody high up with one of the teams told me last week, Chris, I don't know if I mentioned this. Yeah, the you day did. You were yeah. On, right. Will Levis, Will Levis is going to get some people fired because once Levis flourishes, there's going to be teams that could have used quarterbacks in round one of the 2023 draft. And the owners are going to say, why didn't you get that guy? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, there's no doubt. I mean, you know, you look at the Raiders and Josh McDaniels being one of those, right? That you go, well, what would it be like if they got the quarterback and he kind of looked the way he did the last two weeks for him? You know, there might have been a, you know, a bright light at the end of the tunnel for Raiders fans. And maybe that would have saved his job. Who knows? I, you know, but yeah, he's certainly proving all of us evaluators wrong. He is. And, you know, some of the things I didn't like about him you know, were the lack of feel with certain throws, accuracy problems where you'd go, wait, like this guy, you're like we talked about with Zach Wilson, you're too talented to miss a guy like that. Holding the ball in the pocket, not feeling the pocket, all of that. But they've worked with him in that department. And between him having to compete with Malik Willis and seeing Ryan Tannehill, man, he has gotten like remarkably better in those areas and he has definitely shocked me and looks awesome so far so good for Will Levis after that first round sitting there embarrassing moment now he's going to shove it up everybody's ass in the NFL and prove him wrong and I'm all for that so good luck to him (laughs) thank you thank you we had been well behaved for the first 50 minutes of the program and I can envision a future where we have Will Levis with us at the Super Bowl He wins one of the various PFT awards. I continue my stupid-ass habit of saying, hey, what do you want? I'll buy – you know, you got a lot more money than me, but I'll buy you something, right? And remember when Christian McCaffrey asked for a putter? Yes. An expensive freaking putter, and we sent him an expensive putter? Hopefully hopefully Will Levis doesn't ask for the Billy Baru. Uh, yeah, because right. Located the one and only. Wow! Look at that right there. There he is. I hope there he does he ask for that with Billy Baru. I think that's. It looks like a croupier stick. It's got a wooden shaft. Oh yeah, that's good that's, lord. That's, that's how you know you're old, Mike. You're quoting movies that have a wooden putter shaft, right? That's you know, old timer. That's where you are now. 
You know, back in my day, there was wood shafts on the putters. And wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> hang on, hang on a second. Have you not seen? You've seen? Surely you've seen Caddyshack. I have. It's been a long time. Yeah, I've seen Caddyshack. Yeah. Sure. Why? Caddyshack is awesome. I know. Ca- I'm I just know. saying. I'm just making sure. It's not. I mean, it was a movie from like 1980. It is a great movie that still holds up today. It's worth watching anytime you get an opportunity to do so. And there's a book about the making of Caddyshack that is as entertaining as the movie itself because it really was a train wreck that somehow just fell together the right way. Like, they didn't even know they were going to have Bill Murray until Bill Murray showed up. They weren't even sure he was going to show up (laughs) until he just showed up. It's just, it was a great, it's a great, uh, and they didn't know how they were going to use him. Like, he was going to be a, a very small part of the movie until they realized he was freaking hilarious and they gave him more and more and more. So, you know, you think you go into a movie with a script that they st- – no, they just change this, change this, more him, more this, less that, less this, and Bill Murray ends up being one of the centerpieces of the movie. Anyway, Billy Baru. I was right. We found Billy Baru. Don't ask for Billy Baru. Will Levis. When we return, don't ask Mike Tomlin about George Pickens unless you're ready to hear it from Mike Tomlin. We'll hear what Tomlin had to say about the apparent frustrations of his star receiver when PFT Live continues right after this. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.